What would a business education look like if it was completely redesigned for the benefit of all life? Our friends at Lyft Economy are offering an inclusive, affordable MBA program that teaches key business fundamentals from a racially just, environmentally regenerative, and locally self-reliant perspective. If you want to hear more, you can go to go.lifteconomy.com MBA. That's go.lifteconomy.com MBA. There's also a link in the show notes. Justin, what does readiness mean to you? Readiness to me doesn't mean getting ready for something. It means being ready for anything. So as we think about any situation we get into, any transitional phase in our life, or any type of transformational phases in our life, having the skills to be ready for anything is readiness to me. You're listening to the Getting Smart Podcast, and I'm Tom Vanderark. Today, I'm talking to my friend, Dr. Justin Alio. He's the Executive Director of the Readiness Institute at the Pennsylvania State University. Justin, so good to see you again. So great to see you, as always, Tom. Justin, I was I was thinking way back almost a decade ago when, when we met in Pittsburgh. I think it was at the Environmental Charter School. Is that right? That's correct. I emailed you, and I said, Come visit the most innovative school in the world. And you emailed me back right away and said, how can I pass that invitation up? Um, Justin, I guess since the day we met, I've been impressed that you have been a responsive educator, that you're always thinking about this topic of readiness and what it means, and that several times in your career you've, you've redefined readiness. Um, but I, I loved visiting with you at the Environmental uh, charter school. You had been principal at a couple other great schools. What, what was exciting to you about uh, about their mission? Well, the mission was learning could take place anywhere and learning has to be authentic. So when I think back to some of the lessons that we had when studying diversity, we would go out in the woods at Frick Park and sit by a tree and journal what diversity looks like in the forest, in the park. And then went back in the classroom and studied diversity within the classroom, whether it's related to a literacy term like character setting or anything like that. We tried to play nature and things that are relevant and authentic to students to make that connection and it connected to the learning objectives that we had to accomplish. Environmental charter school was, was one of the best examples that I had seen to that point of what I'd now call place-based learning. You really took advantage of Frick Park and uh, in your in your backyard, um, and it was really one of the first schools focused on sustainability, both in how you operated and across the curriculum. And um, boy, I'd love to see thousands of environmental charter schools around the country these days. I tell you, what is a great experience, and the the mission and the team there from the founder John McCann. He was the CEO. First day by himself, still CEO of that organization, and they have grown from kindergarten all the way through high school now, and just a tremendous organization and truly mission-focused and a great example of what education can look like. You went on to be a district leader in uh, the Montour School District um, near Pittsburgh, and I had the chance to visit you a, a couple times, and in a number of ways, you were uh, continue to be a responsive 
education leader. Um, I think, Justin, you were probably the first um, school district in the country to pilot the AI plus ethics curriculum from the, the media lab at MIT. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. And we didn't just pilot the curriculum. We actually were the first school districts in the country, was the first school district in the country to work with Blake, uh, Blakely Hoffman to, uh, to um, implement it in the classroom. And Blakely was amazing from MIT, came to our campus and spent a week or so there and had a chance to prototype and beta test the, the AI ethics curriculum. And we wanted to teach artificial intelligence, but we knew we couldn't teach artificial intelligence without teaching ethics with it. Why um, middle grades? That for you and and uh, an MIT, that was an interesting choice. But why introduce AI uh, to middle school students? Well, we introduced middle school first because we looked at the average age of a young person getting a cell phone, and it was around eleven or twelve years old. And as students were downloading different apps to their phone and being exposed to AI every single day. Our goal wasn't to teach them how to program or make codes with AI, but to be aware of what AI and how it's influencing their life. And then on top of that, what they can do productively, not just be consumers of AI, but be producers of AI and be ahead of the game because we know that every major industry influences AI. And as students go through high school, we wanted them to be aware, no matter if they were studying sciences or maths or social studies, anything like that, AI has some implications in anything that they want to do and study. And so middle school is really important to us because that's the first time students were getting hands-on of technology. So we wanted to teach them through digital citizenship, through ethics, through different uh, tools out there to be exposed to actually what they're using every single day and why they're using it every single day. And more importantly, how they can use it to better the world. A couple of years ago, you had uh, the chance to work with leaders at uh, Penn State to develop a new institute, the, the Readiness Institute. What, what was the origin story and the purpose of that new organization? Well, the origin story came from an organic conversation that was led by the Heinz Endowments in Pittsburgh mainly Stanley Thompson, a program officer. And Dr. Thompson gathered a group of educators, community leaders, and industry leaders in Pittsburgh and said, we're doing a great job of getting kids ready to go to college and getting them jobs after they graduate high school. But we, we can do a better job making sure they're ready to be successful once they go to college universities and to the workforce. So what skills do they need to be successful? Because they were seeing through their research Students were going to universities and colleges and dropping out, changing majors, being unsuccessful, getting a job, quitting that job, and then starting to go from job to job without having a real skill base. And so they said, let's concentrate on that and let's be a partner pathway organizations to school districts. And we have to have it live at a university. So when Hines went to Penn State uh, to propose the Readiness Institute, it was because Penn State was the only land-grant university in Pennsylvania with a mission of outreach and service and the resources and the research in order to uh, be a great partner with the Readiness Institute. And that's how it launched, through organic conversation between industry, community, and educators and finding the perfect partner 
from Penn State as a land grant university. Let's talk about Penn State for for just a minute. It's a unique institution, one of America's largest universities, and it's it's Pennsylvania's only land grant institution, and it's really a statewide institution. Is that fair? It's very fair. Ninety six percent of people that live in Pennsylvania live thirty miles from a Penn State campus. We have over twenty campuses across Pennsylvania doing amazing work. Uh, leveraging many different majors, research. It's the largest alumni network in the world. So when you say it's one of the largest, it is one of the largest universities in the country and in the world. And it's really a a leader in the economic development uh, sector in Pennsylvania by producing graduates every year in engineering and STEM and many fields going out doing amazing things across Pennsylvania and leading Pennsylvania to new efforts and new waves like we've never seen before. Enrollment near a hundred thousand, so it, it is a it's a big institution with um, some great graduate programs um, and and now a thriving online uh, university. Yeah, it's, it's 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 a thriving university, and I'm re- I'm really honored to work with the leadership of Penn State, from President Ben DePuity and all the vice presidents and chancellors, and everyone is so mission driven. Everyone wants to be a land-grant leader to apply the research that we do back into the communities. And that's what makes it really special, is that we get to see and work with people that are our neighbors or people in different places across Pennsylvania doing great work in order to make Pennsylvania future ready. Justin, uh, you're a great spokesperson for Penn State, and you've had uh, the chance over the last few months to work closely with uh, President Vandapudi and and be a, a leading spokesperson for that university. That Was that a good experience? Oh, it's tremendous. And I really love the energy that President Ben DePuty brings to the university. She brings energy in. She's student-focused, which is the, what the Readiness Institute is, learner-focused, learner-centered. And she's all about making sure the students have the resources they need to be successful. And in return, making sure all Penn State has its resources to be successful but really keeping the students at the heart of everything that we do. It's it's a super challenging time to be a leader in higher education today. Um, it, it, I know enrollments at uh, University Park, uh, the, the main campus are up, but some of your outlying campuses are have struggled. And so like universities around the country, you're working hard on enrollment and trying to re-engage students. And um, is it a, a challenging time to be a, a leader in higher education? It's 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 not a challenging time in education and higher education. It's a great opportunity in higher education because we get a chance to to refocus on what's important and understanding industry and understanding community needs. And that's the power of the Commonwealth campuses across Pennsylvania, is that they're so connected to the communities. And as their communities communities are shifting needs, our campuses are shifting needs. And so I see great opportunity and great potential with our campuses by leading as an educational community leader, but also as an educational leader, but now also as an industry leader, uh, working with the communities. And we look at just the whole industry, how it's changing. Uh, our campuses are super responsive to that need and partnering with outreach units. We're able to work together with those campuses in order to maximize that, not just for students 
at the at the college level, at the university level, but students at the high school level, uh, uh, industry partners in the community, community members who don't actually go to Penn State, but Penn State's offering educational resources to help prepare them to reskill and upskill in their own communities. So let's talk about how you do that. Um, the, the Readiness Institute has turned into... Um, it started in Pittsburgh, but it's really turned into a, a statewide effort to help more young people be prepared uh, for college and careers. Um, t- tell us about some of your programs. So the Readiness Institute, when I think of it, it started in Pittsburgh, but it really started around the world. We launched the Readiness Institute November 30th of 2020 in the middle of a pandemic. And we said in order to be ready, we need to make sure that everyone has the, the hope and everyone has to um, be ready and mentally and to, to move on past the pandemic. So we said um, readiness begins with hope. So we launched the Hope Moonshot Project. And we collected hopes from 37 countries around the world in our first project. And we're going to send these hopes on the moon in a few months on the first space shuttle ever to go back to the moon since the Apollo mission in the 70s. And we wanted to do a project with educators and students and like I said, we collected from 37 countries around the world. And so every night, educators and students, when they go outside, they can look at the moon. And in a few months, in 2023, in the beginning of 2023, they'll be able to see the moon and know their hopes are physically on the surface of the moon. If their hopes can reach the moon, their hopes become true on Earth. So we say that readiness begins with hope. And from that, we launched a, a, just an array of programs from our summer program in our workshops, and we do different boot camps across different future career pathways. But we believe readiness begins with hope. And I could talk more and more about some of our projects and um, the work that we do in order for help uh, learners become future ready. Well, let's let's talk about um, artificial intelligence some more. Um, You've had a great partnership with uh, Mark Cuban's foundation, and uh, that has helped you launched these AI boot camps. What, what are those and when do they happen and what, uh, what kind of outcomes are you seeing? We've had a, we have and, and t- continue to have a tremendous relationship with the Mark Cuban Foundation and, and specifically Mark and his team. They have helped us uh, launch two years of successful AI artificial intelligence boot camps. These boot camps happen in the fall and they happen at our Pittsburgh Center in downtown Pittsburgh at the Penn State Center, Pittsburgh. And to date, we have an attendance rate of 96% of high school students coming on Saturdays from 12 to 5 on their own time, coming in for four weekends in a row. We teach everything from machine learning to facial recognition, ethics, with guest speakers, Mark himself, Mark Cuban, coming on, talking to the students. And it started out year one in 15 cities. In year two, it's in 29 cities. And I'm proud to say that the Readiness Institute hosted the largest Mark Cuban AI Foundation boot camp this past fall, uh, doubling their enrollment from last year's. And we have a waiting list. And so we want to continue to offer these opportunities for students because we know that in order to be future ready, we have to have students understand how AI impacts all uh, industries and all sectors. And then now we offer one-day workshops from a spinoff of the Mark Cuban AI boot camp for high school students so they can be engaged what's happening in artificial intelligence. 
is the AI bootcamp goal to to get more kids into computer science or more broadly to help them understand um, applications of machine learning in any sector? I think it's both. I think the the Cuban um, AI bootcamps about exposing students, but also helping them get to their next level. And we have an alumni that we try to work with who go to the program to see what uh, levels they're working at at the next level. So it's a it's a really of um, an array of different goals and outcomes. And the students work on a project throughout the boot camp and have have a chance to present how they're using AI also for goods and for good in their community. And that's in Pittsburgh now, but is, uh, is there an opportunity for that uh, program to expand to other locations? So right now, I believe there are 29 locations for the Mark Cuban AI Bootcamp all across America, from Miami to Detroit, Chicago. Uh, Pittsburgh's just one of the locations that the Mark Cuban AI Bootcamp uh, works with, and we're very excited to be their partner. Uh, do you have summer programming? What else are you uh, offering besides this AI bootcamp? The summer programs are flagship program. That is the program that we have the most impact when we talk about preparing students to be future ready. Students come, rising high school seniors that come in in the summertime, six weeks, 23 days, Monday through Thursday, 9 to 3.30. We have 45 students each summer. Last summer, we had 45 students from 22 local high schools. And we partner with all the school districts in Allegheny County and Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. But to ensure equity within our program, we also make sure that Pittsburgh Public Schools have at least one third representation into our program. And when the students come through the program, they get paid $2,000 to attend, again, to, short, to ensure equity so they don't have to get a job over choosing the better of their life. The students come to the program with a good head on their shoulders. They understand uh, what um, what they want to do, but they're just unsure how to get there. So we look for students that are who are motivated, but just don't understand what the next options are in their life. We could have students can come in and have um, uh, six siblings in a house uh, raised by grandma, and she doesn't know the resources available to her. We could also work with the students that uh, a, a student could come in and his father and his mother have his whole life planned out for him, but that's not the life he wants. We can have, we had students come in who said, you know, my father passed away and I don't know who I am anymore, but I know I want to do something and I need your help to do that something. So we do a variety of, um, like I said, they come in for 23 days. We went on 23 offsite location trips to industry, education, and community partners. Students also do virtual programming. They receive the mental health first aid certificate, and they do on-site workshops with community partners, such like Build, Schools I Can, Bots IQ, and they learn essential skill workshops from entrepreneurship, social emotional learning, um, communication, and skills they know that they need to be successful. But the really cool part about our summer program is we stay with those students for life. So in their senior year, we offer monthly workshops for them, scholarship writing workshops, FAFSA workshops with their families. And then right now we're hiring, uh, which is very exciting, an alumni network coordinator to stay with those students to no matter where they go to ensure their success, no matter what university, what workforce they go to, but also grow a network of mentors to help future readiness institute summer program 
uh, learners as well. That's really exciting. It, have you run that for two summers now? Two summers, 45 students each summer. Our goal is to start with 45, end with 45, and we have done that successfully twice. It's very important to us that students start and they continue to stay in the program. Next summertime, we'll be offering it again, and we're looking to offer it in different locations in the future as well to increase that number. But the goal for that program is really impact. We want to make sure those lives are impact no matter where they go and what they want to do in their life. And we're going to be with them side by side and work with the school districts as a pathway partner. So that's another thing, too. We work with closely with the guidance counselors and school districts to provide those opportunities that school district maybe can't provide, that we can provide that extra layer of support for those students. That's great, Justin. Um, I, you and I talked uh, a, a week or two ago um, about this Pathways campaign that we're running, and it, I, I think it struck me that your programs are really a great example of a number of the the Pathway pillars. Um, the idea of unbundled learning, of expanded access to, to quality programming, um, a great example of guidance uh, and support of helping kids imagine um, expanded number of possible futures, um, supporting students with with mentorship and uh, advice on uh, post-secondary planning. So just in a lot of ways, the Readiness Institute is a, gr a great example of the, the Pathways campaign that we're leading. Well, we, we have a motto at the Readiness Institute. It's no matter what we do, it's not our success. Our success is our students' success. If they're successful, we're successful. And that's why we make sure that we're really intentional about what we do, how we do it, and measure what we do, and make sure we follow the students along the way to ensure their success. And like I said, their success is our success. And it's tough to judge pathways when you don't have that longevity of, to, of communication with them. And so it's really important to us that we do that to connect with those students for, for, for life. And I will say that we offer this great summer program, but we want to do more and impact more people. So we offer many workshops. And what we do is we unbundle the summer program and take the best practices of the summer program and offer workshops around Pennsylvania. We also offer them virtually but we offer them through the Commonwealth campuses. We just hosted one a Shark Tank event in entrepreneurship at Penn State Fayette. There were 78 high school students that came in with a business plan and had to pitch through an elevator speech training their uh, project that they worked on. And they were awarded uh, uh, financial stipends in order to start their business after the fact. So we try to take these workshops and try to go out and do um, impactful work through all communities and take the best practices of our summer program in order to do that. That's uh, exciting to see you beginning to have a, a statewide impact. Um, I imagine this is going to build a, a pipeline of enrollment for uh, Penn State in particular, but probably result in more kids going to college wherever they go. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, we, we refer to ourselves as the Readiness Institute on purpose and not Penn State Readiness Institute because we're an outreach unit of Penn State. And we tell students and parents, whoever we work with high schools, that we don't care where the students go. Our goal is a land grant and as an outreach service at Penn State, we just want them to be successful because the more successful they are, 
the more successful Pennsylvania is. So we have students go to who go through our program to many universities, and we help them get scholarships to those universities. We help them get uh, with their application process to those other universities or go straight to the workforce. So whether students go to Penn State or not to Penn State, that's not our concern. Our concern is that they're successful and how can Penn State, and specifically the Readiness Institute, help them be successful because their success, again, is our success. And when we look at the Readiness Institute, we talk about community and future Readiness Institute. So it's community. We say that in order to be future ready, you need to be community ready. And if you're not community ready, you're not future ready. So a healthy community, a future ready community is a great community. We've been talking to Dr. Justin Elio. He's the executive director of the Readiness Institute at Penn State. Um, Justin, before I let you go, um, you're you're a, a burgeoning Italian vegetarian chef, and um, I, I I think you said uh, a while ago that you make pasta on most Saturdays. Did, did you make uh, anything interesting over the weekend? Sundays, yes, we make pasta every single Sunday. Actually, did a cooking show for WPSU, our PBS affiliate here at Penn State University, about four weeks ago. Plan on doing another one in 2023. Yeah, we make pastas every Sunday from cavatelli to uh, linguine to fettuccine to tortellinis, raviolis. Uh, the kids get involved. Um, it's an expectation in our house that Sunday's pasta day. Uh, it's something we love to do, something I've been doing really for 20 years from now, learning from my grandmother, Alio. Uh, she taught me to make pasta, and I just wanted to make sure that Sundays we know that, you know, we're going to come together as a family, and, I, you know, I, it's great. I, I take it and share it with students all the time, pasta making. And I will say, Tom, I did a demonstration one time, a, um, a kind of a three-minute talk, an Ignite talk, and I did one on pasta making and education and how they're very similar. And I said, in pasta making, you need fresh ingredients, good ingredients. And in education, you need great resources. And in order to make pasta, it takes time. Well, education takes time, and you have to be patient with it. And in in pasta making, it's never one way. If it's too dry, you add water. If it's too watery, you add more flour to it, just like education. Not one student's the same. We all need to, to add a little more flour and water in each student to make them perfect as they uh, go ahead and graduate. So there's a lot of similarities between pasta making and education. That's awesome. I'm always inspired by your uh, pasta making. I don't make it every Sunday, but uh, I, that's a terrific family tradition. Well, ne- next next Sunday, I have to make it for 35 people. There you go. So, <laughs> that, that'll require a little uh, advanced planning. Sauce from a jar, or are you going to actually make something? We always make something. Yeah, we always make something. Um, you know, red sauce, whatever, whatever, whatever inspires me. I actually go to the grocery store that morning and see what, you know, talks to me. <laughs> Justin, uh, if people want to learn more about the Readiness Institute, where would you send them? Readinessinstitute.psu.edu or follow us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at RI at Penn State. We'd love for you to connect with us, learn with us. We are a learning organization. We want to learn and grow together. We are an outreach unit, and our job is to serve and engage in communities and make this world a better place. Justin, it's uh, so great to reconnect. Follow Justin on uh, on Twitter. Uh, 
you, you just, uh, you light up my day. Most days I find something inspiring from Dr. Elio and the Readiness Institute. So check it out. Justin, thanks uh, for being with us. Good to see you again. You as well, Tom. Thank you. Thanks to our producer, Mason Pasha, and the whole Getting Smart team for making this possible. And until next week, keep learning, keep leading, and like Justin, keep innovating for equity. Thanks for tuning in to the Getting Smart podcast today. We want this podcast to be actionable, insightful, and a great way to learn about what's next in learning. In order to stay on the cutting edge, we need people in the field to tell us what they're hearing, what they're wanting, and what they're needing to learn more about. Got a topic or a guest in mind? Send your recommendations to me, Mason at gettingsmart.com. And if you like what you're hearing, don't forget to leave a review in Apple Podcasts or subscribe wherever you listen. Feel free to share the podcast on social media using the hashtag GSPodcasts. Thanks so much.